where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. You know what? Sometimes it just hits me that I want this one. And guess what? I want this one. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party, 101 ESPN, YouTube. It's driven by Mugganass Burkhardt, Alton Toyota. My name is Tim McKernan. Standing across from me, Jackson Burkett. Hello again, everybody. Hello, friends. Hello, and welcome to the Friday edition of Balloon Party on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. I got to get into the YouTube chat. I'm not in there right now. How's everybody doing in there, Jackson? I can only assume it's a party. Yeah, I agree with you on that. You can text into the program, too, uh, and that is 314-399-9646. And uh, the YouTube chat, youtube.com, uh, 101 ESPN channel. And just interact with the program, just like the Colonel Gabriel P.D. Armand is going to at 10.15. Jackson's fired up from Missouri and Memphis tonight at 8 p.m. Very much so. I'm fired up from Missouri and Tennessee tomorrow at 2.30 p.m. And I love the college football slate this weekend. Yeah. I like Penn State. Mm. I like Georgia. Mm-hmm. And I like Utah. All with the points. There's my parlay for you. I have no action on Missouri-Tennessee. I have no idea what team is going to show up. That's yeah. I'm just being honest with people, and I don't know what Luther Burden's health is. I'll find out from the colonel. There it is. That's what I got for you. Yeah, and I want to make it clear, I'm also very much fired up for uh, Missouri-Tennessee on Saturday as well. It's oh. a great weekend in Missouri sports, but yes, more so uh, my focus is on tonight at 8 p.m. as Penny Hardaway comes to town. So where are you going to watch it? I don't know. I'm deciding if I'm going to uh, shave some strokes today. Because if I do this time of year, I just kind of go. I've had enough. Yeah, I'm kind of way. Probably beat me straight up if we were to play right now. I've played like twice in the last month and a half, and I lose that. What do you call it? Gentle, supple touch I have around the greens. Yeah, well, softest hands uh, this side of the Mississippi. Thank you. One Tim McKernan. Thank you. Uh, And that you can lose that touch if you don't swing often enough. I don't have the feel for the putting. I'm the same way. It's a beautiful day. I got I got work to do. For me, you it's know. today is I, I want. Mean, I don't have the trust fund. I don't have it. Right. I just want to get some sunshine because uh, we're staring down the barrel of a bleak winter. So I want to get some sunshine, hang out with my friends, have a couple cold ones on the course. It's less so about the actual playing uh, today. I don't even know if I would. I would count up my strokes. Uh, you only uh, can post your score for four more days. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, this would not be indicative of my game at the moment, so I probably just wouldn't post because I probably just won't keep score. I just kind of want to go out there and enjoy. But if I do do that. I'd probably hang out with my friends who I'd golf with afterwards and watch the Tigers. And where will that be? I'd like to know. I want to know where the 25-year-olds are because I'm going to hang up and I don't like going to show up and say, "Hey, ladies, did you like a short married father of two youngsters?" <laughs> uh, at this point in the hashtag #noncon season mm-hmm. of college basketball, 
most sports bars wouldn't have the game on, and if they what did, what are they going to have on instead? Maybe? Well, they would they have, have it on. on, on. They're going to have the association on. And they'd have it on, but it'd be a smaller TV. They certainly wouldn't have game audio. I'd rather watch it and hang out with my friends at someone's apartment, and then maybe go out afterwards. Wow, you're gonna have a late night. I don't know. I, don't, I haven't decided what the plan is, but the, certainly eyeballs on Missouri Memphis. I will be in REM sleep at nine thirty. Game one then till. 10, Tim. That's fine. <laughs> You'll find out in the morning. <laughs> I'll watch. I do a lot of sports watching at <laughs> 6 in the morning. Uh, Gabe's with us at 10.15. We have the Little Piddles Angry Beaver, Friday Six Shooter. The people are active in the YouTube chat, and I love to see it. Hello, friends. Boy, they are ready to go. McLovin, Tiny Peepee, Austin Avery. Do you pronounce it Simon, but he has a P on the front of it, and is that P silent, or is it Pissy Man? I don't know. Tommy think, Summers, Tiny yeah. Peepee, of course, and I kiss the ring. Ryan S., Kyle R. Uh, boy, so many that we can't name. Well, this YouTube chat, it's become a whole scene. That's wonderful to see. It's perfect timing. You can participate in the Little Piddles Angry Beaver Friday Six Shooter. Let's get it on! The Blues are kind of hot. After a 2-1 win over the Yotes, they picked up six out of eight possible points on the homestand. You call, I mean, you called it. Hmm? Look at me go. Look at your puck over here. Uh, where was I? Uh, they picked up six out of eight possible points on the homestand and sit at fourth in the Central. Is this going to be a team all year that will get hot for a small stretch and then be very average for the most part? Or do you think there is more for the Blues as the season develops? What are some of the big concerns with the team at the current moment? Can I ask you two questions before I answer your one question? I'm sorry, Matt Rocchio was barking in my ear. Rocchio, what the hell, bro? And now, now he's barking in everybody else's ear. Let me focus, baby. I got ADD. This isn't morning drive, man. Right. This, this is, is one hour midday. Yeah. It's essentially Christian Slater on pirate radio. Button it up. Thank you. God bless America, these CBC people. Mm. Anyway, my question to you before I answer your one question. Do you have any questions regarding the Blues power play in the six-shooter? And do you have any questions regarding the Jordan Bennington Edmonton Oilers? Which I'd be stunned if you did. But I just want to make sure before I... Because I don't want to take away from the rest of the six-shooter. And I appreciate that. Sure, sure, sure. I do not. So please feel free to uh, address. Uh, Last night, I was there last night. Brought the boy. Brought the older boy. And... Great to see once again. Blues dominating play. Pucks on net galore. But sweet mother of mercy, you can't come away from that game and not go, oh, the power play, huh? I mean, this is like record setting. <laughs> now, they got the win without the power play. You know the power play. At least you think the power play is it, it's mathematically, it almost has to improve. They have a power play goal. Crazy. A power play goal. What do you mean, a? I mean, one. A power play goal. There was a five on three last night. This this Irish fella, and I think I can say that as an Irish fella, yeah, uh, comes out there last night. Liam, oh, God, what was it? I, was it? Oh, son of a. I don't want to answer because I feel like I could be. You could be canceled if you named the I wrong. Could, yeah, I could be swimming the Liam tub. O'Brien. Okay. I was going to say that, but I didn't want it to come across yeah. in a bad way. And then I would have just gone, oh, potato famine. I would have come after you. Oh, I know. For my burners. I saw the play coming before it happened. Yep. Maybe it was a setup. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe you <laughs> faded it. It was nicely done. So on his first shift, I'm like, huh, this guy looks like he's looking for a little action tonight. A little scrappy. He was. Yeah. 
and I don't know if they were showing it on the telecast, the first shift. I'm not talking about the one where he just like jumps on Sammy Blay later on. <laughs> and then the next shift, like he, like, it was so strange and it continued for the remainder of the game that I'm like, is there something going on with Sammy Blay and what's his name again? Liam O'Brien. And then, I don't know if they ca- captured this on the telecast, they show him on the the Jumbotron right. there at Enterprise Center, and he made a gesture, and I wouldn't do it. And I was with a six-year-old boy. And, and he said, but father, what gesture did he make? And how shall I explain it to my schoolmates tomorrow? And what a moment. And I've already written a letter to the Coyotes. Right. Because I had to explain that to my child last night, the right. gesture he made. To the fans when they showed him in the penalty box. And I think he was trying to say, F you. And I was horrified by it. But entertained because he continued to be a bandy little rooster with Sammy Blay all night. And what that allowed was the Blues to have an early power play, a little four-minute shoot him up. And then they got another two minutes from Dumba, and then the whole day of five on three. And I said to my son, I said, hey, look down there. The Blues are going to dominate play for the next couple of minutes. This is going to be fun, and they probably will score a goal. Sweet mother of mercy, what went on during that? I mean, I'm, I'm asking to, to engage. You watched. I did. What in the hell was going on during that five-on-three? What Kyle. in the hell was going on for those four minutes? What in the hell is going on in general at the power play? I know they won, but I can't help but talk about this. Kyrou's just standing in front of the goal with the puck on his stick, doing nothing, waiting to shoot. Spin it around. Boy, oh Cycle boy. the puck. I am telling you. I mean, that was that was alarming. Yeah. Those are some loud boos in the building right. at the conclusion of that uh, that power play. But nonetheless, uh, they were able to get the win. And uh, the, one of the things, and I bring up the Bennington thing, a compadre of mine. You would know him as the nonling if you were a longtime TMA listener. And oftentimes, like producer Joe feeds me questions per my request for Taylor Twelman. Uh, the non-ling will uh, have questions for the great Jeremy Rutherford, per my request. And this is his observation. And I wonder what uh, Blues fans think of this. The Oilers lost to the league-worst Sharks yesterday. This Oilers situation is yeah, the sharks live. Are like, if you want to draw a parallel, it might be a bit of an exaggeration, but the Oilers start to their season... And the concern about it, you know where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. Where am I going? It's on your ball cap right now. Yes, it is indeed. And that is the St. Louis Cardinals. And you're going, hold on a second. Now, a lot of people are picking the Oilers to win the Cup, or at least be in the mix for it. Right. I don't know how many people are thinking the Cardinals are going to be in the World Series, but they thought they were going to win the division, or at least be in the mix for the division. And people in Edmonton and around the NHL are going, what in the hell? So then they lose to the Sharks, and the Sharks suck. Yeah. So... Going off that, not that I think there's much to the Bennington rumors outside of, well, yeah, of course, Edmonton would be targeting new goalies, and of course, Bennington is on that list. But in a different vein, how desperate are they? If the Blues are hovering on the bubble, is there an opportunity to really fleece the Oilers to grab another prospect or pick while clearing a contract? And if so, does that fit with St. Louis's current retool philosophy? How about that non-ling? How about that? Throw that on the six-shooter and let it percolate. I can't do that, man. Uh, he's a non-ling. I mean, he's a counselor now, but that's the thing. TMA launches people into the medical or legal profession. That's what the show's always been. It's just operated on the periphery of, of mainstream radio locally. But nonetheless, that's quite a query. Because I think if we were to say to the audience, we got to wager whatever is a material amount of money for, and it's, it's a case-by-case basis, 
for example, hundred dollars to me is you know, I mean that's 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 a week's pay. Talk meat potatoes, meat and potatoes guy. Hundred dollars to you if you drop the hundred dollar bill. I'm not sure you bother to pick it up. It's literally not worth my time. It's not. So whatever that amount of money is for you, the individual, you gotta bet it. Do the St. Louis Blues appear in the 2024 Stanley Cup playoffs? And you gotta bet. And if your answer is no, then you go, I realize they're only 12 games into the season. I think it's 12. But if they're panicking in Edmonton, you know who you take advantage of in this world? The emotional business person. Right. Oh, you're on tilt? Shall we play poker? Oh, you're getting pressure on social media and you don't know how to handle it? Oh, are you a little 14-year-old boy? Are you running an NHL franchise? It doesn't matter to me. Let me take a prospect and let me give you one of our defenseman's contracts and we'll give you Jordan Bennington too. I think it's worthy of the conversation. You don't get Bennington without taking one of these defensive contracts. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, it's got to be. That's the deal. That's the real upside. Right. It would have That's to be. That's the uh, Alan Craig trade, if yeah. you will, a decade ago. Probably yeah. the best trade in recent Oh, I loved that trade. Yeah. I love where you can unload declining assets. So that's the question he poses. Your thoughts, 314-399-9646. Great win. Blues go on the road to take on the Avalanche in Denver pregame here on 101 ESPN tomorrow night. It's 7 p.m. All right, we'll take a break. The Colonel's going to join us talking Missouri and Tennessee tomorrow. Also, uh, the college basketball season opened up on Monday. Now it really opens up with Memphis tonight. Uh, we'll talk that over with Gabe Diarman, brought to you by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency next here on Munganas Burkhard's Alton Toyota presentation of Balloon Party on 101 ESPN and YouTube. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN YouTube. YouTube channel is... Uh... It's becoming a better show than the radio show. I think it's time for us to acknowledge that. Is that, a, is that a high bar? No. No. It's a but bar, it's still, though. it's a tip of the cap. Yeah, it's a bar. I think there's a guy in there telling an erotic story, and everybody's on the edge of their seats. So it's kind of like Clark W. Griswold at the end of Christmas Vacation, and he gathers the children around, and he's telling a wonderful night-before-Christmas story. And everybody's on the edge of their seat in the YouTube chat on this, but it's like a, I think it's I think it's a an all male hookup story, and everybody's really excited about it. That's nice. So anyway, if you want to participate in that, that's there for YouTube. But here is the Colonel, ladies and gentlemen. His name is Gabriel P.D. Armin, and he's brought to you by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Webster Groves. Morning, Colonel. Tim, I'm so disappointed I can't quote Christmas Vacation right now. Yeah, isn't that a shame? Isn't that a shame? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Can I on YouTube? Are we on like terrestrial radio here? Or can uh, I we are. All, we are actually on. We're actually in a stunning development for the first time in what Jackson says is my Hall of Fame career on HD one radio, albeit middays. So that eliminates my ability to curse in these. Yes. Yes. Although Jackson, do you have the dump button? Right here, yeah, too. Yeah, Gabe, it's up to you if you want to fire a bullet, you know. I've actually never right, had well, we'll, here, so I we'll, uh, proceed with caution. We'll keep Jackson on his toes. We'll see how it goes. Right, nice. Toes, Look at yeah. the colonel. He might, be, he might be firing one. We got a big 24 hours here. 24, 36 hours. Hell, I don't know. But either way, basketball tonight with Penny Hardaway and the Memphis Tigers taking on the Missouri Except Tigers. not Penny Hardaway. What? 
Yeah, he's suspended the first four games of the season. It is. Oh, wow, that's right. Jackson, does that tilt you that Penny won't be there? Yeah, I actually. You wanted to see him. I actually completely forgot about that until Gabe just made that point. I remember it. I'm on the same train as you. I completely forgot. The most disappointing part is that a year ago, this is, would have been acting Memphis head coach Frank Haight, but he has returned. Oh, that's oh, right. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's why James Garland sponsors. The he's Colonel's a Texas got levels. He's a Texas He's a now? Texas. Yeah. Yeah, what Kevin Durant made a return during the summer, and there was a picture with Frank Haith, and, and he visited Austin. I'm like, what the hell's Frank Haith doing there? And I'm right. like, oh, he's a Texas coach. Who knew? Uh, but Missouri, uh, what, a two-and-a-half-point favorite or underdog tonight? Favorite? Favorite? Uh, Two-and-a-half to three-and-a-half-point favorite is what I saw this morning. So yeah. this will be a nice test as opposed to, all due respect, to the Golden Lions of Arkansas Pine Bluff. Yeah, and what I like about college basketball is everybody plays these games yes. because there's an actual advantage. Losing this game is fine. It's better than beating Arkansas Pine Bluff, you know. So, so every high major team does this four or five times uh, before conference season starts. So you get some actual good games. I think like Arizona might play Duke tonight or something like that. Yeah, uh, they always have like those like champ- conference or uh, champions yeah. invitationals. You know, yeah. sometimes they so play on a ship. Get- we get good games early in the season. It's not like, oh, hey, there's there's 61 FBS football games this weekend, and you might want to watch two of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. That is, that is uh, accurate. So we'll get an idea of, of uh, where they are because they're playing a legitimate tournament contender as uh, well. And uh, where most of the attention at this point in the year, especially considering who they're playing and what could be on the line with regards to a New Year's Six Bowl game, is tomorrow afternoon against Tennessee. I, uh, I wanted to see if you've heard anything, Gabe, on Luther Burden. I know he was was listed as questionable, like really questionable. Any news on his uh, prognosis for tomorrow's festivities at 2.30 on CBS? No, you know, normally we get a uh, an injury report on Thursday nights, and we did not get one this week. We, we may still get it this morning. I, You know, I know they have to get approval of, you know, 27 different people or whatever before they send that to us. So I, at, last I looked a little over an hour ago, we had not received it. Um, I would anticipate Luther will be questionable on that. I would think he'll play. Um, you know, uh, it might be. I know, like earlier this year with Darius Robinson, he was dealing with the calf thing, and they just said, go out there and play as long as you can play. And right. for a couple weeks, it was three quarters, and then it was a quarter against Memphis. And then they shut him down for a couple weeks. I would think you want Luther out there, at least at the beginning, and at least, you know, to make Tennessee think about it now. Look, we've seen him kind of get banged up and come up limping a few times this year, and he's always come back in the game. Sometimes he's been super effective. Sometimes he hasn't been. Obviously, you're you're at your strongest at the beginning of the game. I mean, he had that what 40-yard touchdown catch against Georgia and then uh, hurt his ankle in the end zone later on in a, a pass he couldn't haul in. Right. Um, came back in the game, didn't have a great second half. Obviously, whether that because of the ankle or because of the Georgia secondary or a little both, I don't really know. That's the thing. I noticed, and I know you were at the game, um, but on the CBS coverage, when the trainers went out there, they barely touched his left shoe, and he recoiled in pain immediately. And I thought, oh, boy, this isn't like a... 
he's you know going to be able to recover real quickly. I mean, I know he went back out there and he caught the two-point conversion, but he was pretty much a non-factor. And I just think, I think maybe the inclination is, and I know you've said uh, before, he's got a little bit of Jeremy Macklin in him and, and you know, he's going to be some injuries. It's just part of the deal, but then he'll be out there and he'll perform. Combining the shoulder he hurt against South Carolina and then whatever went on last Saturday at Georgia, I just wonder how healthy he is and how much of a factor it is. And then if that is the case, how much of an impact it has on what will be a stout opponent tomorrow, Gabe. What do you think? Well, and especially with an ankle, I mean, the way Luther plays, it's such a part of it. Like, it's a lot of short passes and make a guy miss. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, his quickness and cutting ability is, is next level. Um, but an 80% Luther burden or a 70% Luther burden is better than 100% of a lot of guys. And, again, it at least draws the coverage toward him so that Theo Weiss and Mookie Cooper have, have some more opportunities. And, Look, this, the one thing about Luther is he is so competitive. You know, anybody that maybe saw the uh, antics after the K-State game, mm-hmm. and like he is a hyper-competitive dude, kind of like Brady Cook, Cody Schrader. I just I just don't see him missing this game. I'd, I'd be surprised. Uh, you have said that you consider this game to be more important than the Georgia game. Am I correct on that? I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I'll ask. I, I, in some ways, yes, just because Georgia was looking in 90-some-odd percent of cases, we looked at Georgia and said, you know, it's probably a loss, and it was. I mean, they played well. They were in it. Um, you know, I think they maybe gained a little as a program there, but if you win this game, you are staring at 10-2. and two. Like, yes, Florida can beat you. Arkansas can beat you. But you will be favored in both those games, I think maybe by a touchdown or so. So, if you win this game, you're looking at 10 and two. That has happened six times in the history of Missouri football. I mean, if you get to 10 and two in the regular season, you're talking about a top five season in the history of the program. And what that does for, you know, the program as a whole, um, I, I mean, I think the Georgia game maybe was more important just like for this particular season, because what would have opened up if you had done that, but program as a whole, I mean, this is, I think realistically you can win this game now and Georgia, you could have won. I'm not, I'm not saying they couldn't have won, but it would have taken, would have been more a surprise and taken more kind of different circumstances. Whereas this one, like I think you can line up and beat Tennessee five or six out of 10 times. Anybody that they've played so far this season compared to Tennessee. I feel like it's a, a, a unique operation that they've got going this year. I, I think they're a better Kentucky. Okay, um, yeah. 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 That's nice. They, they want to run the ball. They want to play defense. I think they probably throw the ball better than Kentucky. Well, A, they run the ball better than Kentucky does. B, they play defense better than Kentucky did. They probably throw it better than Kentucky was when they were playing Missouri. So I, I don't want to say it's it's the same game, but the style, I think, is similar. You know, went into Georgia last week and said, if you can stop the run and put them in a position where you have to pass, like it gives you a better chance, but they can still throw the ball around and they've got a lot of weapons. I don't know if – I mean, if you contain Tennessee's running game, if you hold them to four yards to carry like you did Georgia last week, I don't know if Tennessee can beat you the other way. Yeah, Tennessee's uh, quarterback, uh, wide delta. What do you call him, uh, Jackson? Bazooka Joe. Bazooka Joe. Yeah, Bazooka Joe uh, will be on display tomorrow, 2.30 CBS. And for those of you heading down to Furrow Field. Colonel, I was asking this question on TMA earlier this morning. Realistically, like as far as a realistic opponent – 
best case scenario for Missouri if they were to get a New Year's Six uh, bowl game? What would be the best opponent, glamorous matchup that that is out there within the realm of reality? In my opinion, anything other than the Group of Five champion. Um, just because, look, Tulane's a good team. They beat USC last year. They could beat Missouri. Absolutely they could. But you just don't get that much bounce from it, right? Um, you know, I, I think they could play Louisville maybe, like in the Peach Bowl, and even that. Wouldn't it have been nice if Louisville lost last night, right? Am I right on that? Um Actually, it doesn't really have an impact because the way the New Year's Six Bowls work, the ACC is getting a team in a New Year's Six Bowl. Now, if Florida State makes the playoff, it's Louisville or right. it's the runner-up. It, 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 like, it doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter. Okay, all right. Missouri, okay. Missouri, whatever, they're getting in. Now, that comes into play, let's say Miami were to beat Florida State and then Florida State's not going to get in the playoff, then Florida State takes that spot and Louisville flies out. That helps Missouri. But they actually need Florida State to lose more than they need Louisville to lose. And if Florida State loses, then that's a possibility in a New Year's Six game, right? And Ah. that would be uh, very glamorous. The other teams that would be in the conversation, I mean, the Pac-12 non-playoff team, um, you know, I don't think that would probably be how it would work out, but it's possible the Big Ten non-playoff team, I don't know that you want to go play Ohio State, right? But Cats and dogs. If, if you're talking about glamour, um, you know, the, the matchup that, that I think might be actually most likely for Missouri that I kind of like is Penn State and the Citrus Bowl. Nittany Lions. Um, I think that would be cool. We talked about it on Monday. It'd be a rematch of the 1970 Orange Bowl. Um, you know, and, and obviously a lot of cachet, big time, big name program, all that. So, I would kind of like that, certainly more than I would like Iowa or Wisconsin. Uh, Colonel, you know on this program we put people on upset alert. And uh, guess who I have on upset alert? Fine, I'll save you the time. The Michigan Wolverines are on upset alert tomorrow, which might halt the I, Penn State appearance, depending yeah, on how things agree. go between. You do not agree with that take. You don't agree at all. Um, I had I thought Penn State would beat Ohio State. And so I watched that game, and I may never pick Penn State to win another football game. Oh, wow. Um, that was so bad against – like, it's the only good defense they've played, and they could do nothing. What, what an Michigan's air attack they have. Good, <laughs> yeah, Michigan's got a good defense. And look, I generally don't like the us-against-the-world thing, but Michigan is going to believe that everybody hates them, largely because I think everybody hates them. So, uh, you know, so I can not only see Michigan winning that game, I could see Michigan winning that game. Oh, this colonel's giving me pause before I fire a bullet. Do you have anybody on upset alert? Um, I'll be honest, I haven't looked at a lot of the games. I don't really know who's playing. Um, Utah-Washington like, is intriguing to me. Obviously, Georgia-Ole Miss... Yeah, Georgia wins that. I think Georgia wins that comfortably. Uh, the, the one I heard on another show I was listening to that I could see is Florida State-Miami. I don't think Miami's great, but I think it's, you know, it's their Super Bowl and all that. And it w- they are, I mean, they're a solid team. The win would leave them not only 7-3, and three, but 7-3 and three having ruined Florida State's season. 
Um, I could see it. But then again, I could also see them being up six points and, you know, not taking an E in Florida State returning. (laughs) The old Kevin Steele, 99 Baylor Bears. Uh, All the coverage on both tonight with Missouri and Memphis and tomorrow with Missouri and Tennessee can be found at PowerMizzou.com. I'm a very happy subscriber, Jackson. Me too. So are you. Look at that. And the Colonel is one for Worth mentioning, they are both sellouts. Uh, I assume at some point that has happened before in Mizzou history where you had a Friday basketball game and a Saturday football game both sold out, but but I honestly don't really know. How about that? Both sellouts. Friday night, Saturday afternoon. What else could you ask for? Next week will be a Saturday night against the Gators, and then Friday afternoon in Fayetteville to round out the regular season, and Missouri will await their bowl opponent following that. Gabe DeArmond every Friday here on Balloon Party presented by James Carlton. Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency in Webster Groves online at carltoninsurance.net. Thank you, Colonel. All right, guys. Appreciate it. There he is, Gabe DeArmond of PowerMizzou.com. We uh, will come back, Jackson, with this six-shooter presented by Angry Beaver. We talked blues to open up. Where is Jackson taking us in the second half of the show? All I know is the YouTube chat thinks Jackson was asleep. Asleep? That's what they're saying. Hey, and if, if McLovin says it, I believe it. During the Mizzou segment, they think I'm asleep? I, uh, McLovin said it. No, far from it. Okay, fair enough. You go after McLovin. You go in the YouTube chat. Good luck, but they're my people. Christopher Mintz Plask? That's right. Nice. Thank you. That's coming up next here on Balloon Party. What on ESPN and YouTube? We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN, YouTube. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you on the program. YouTube cameras sponsored by the Air Alliance team and our text inbox sponsored by Air Comfort Service, 314-399-9646. The YouTube chat, it's a whole thing. Just people talking it over and getting to know each other, and I like that. Get to know each other. Make friends in the YouTube chat and talk it over. And we make friends here with Jackson's Little Piddles Angry Beaver Friday Six Shooter. Indeed, indeed. Question two. Do you think the Cardinals, specifically the front office, face more scrutiny when it comes to offseason slash deadline moves because the fans are truly knowledgeable about the minutia of the game and have a deep passion for it? Could one say that having the high attendance relative to the size of the market comes with fans being more and more opinionated about the state of the franchise? Essentially, do you think most baseball franchises would deal with the the microscope the Cardinals front office live under to get $3 million through the turnstiles year in and year out? To answer your last question, that's an easy yes. It comes with the territory. Right. I would imagine. I haven't spent uh, as much time in Green Bay as I would like, but I would imagine there's a whole hell of a lot of attention on the Packers year-round. Pittsburgh, too. Steelers. Uh, Steelers. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side of things, uh, I don't know how many Marlins calls they're taking in South Florida Sports Talk Radio. Right. So uh, what do you want? Do you want the success? Well, with the success comes the microscope. And, um, you know, as far as fans feeling knowledgeable, I don't know if that's necessarily something that that people uh, think they're not knowledgeable in other parts. Tough to quantify. Country, because I think all fans think they're knowledgeable. Right. Like, no one thinks they're crazy. Now, I recognize I'm a pervert. Right. But that has come with 14 years of therapy. Right. Because right. it was always tough for me to say that. No, I get it. I'm glad you're living your truth. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Do you understand what I mean? No one thinks they're crazy. Yeah. 
I, uh, we've, you've asked me that once on the, on the podcast, but you framed it in a different way and it really put my brain in the pretzel, but you're like, I understand where you're yeah. coming from. If you are saying things and you're opinionated about it, you think that you are in the right. hundred percent. Right. Or else you wouldn't be saying such a thing. Yeah. Unless you're performing. Like the guys who create the burner accounts on Twitter to attack people mm-hmm. don't know right. that they're incels. <laughs> right. I mean, they probably like are aware of it. I go, hey, if you had intercourse within the last decade, and then they go, no, and I go, I'm probably an incel, but they're not thinking as they cut the dog avatar, right, right, that oh, I've now officially become an incel. You already were, right, but now it's like here's your stamp. You're an incel. Congratulations. Now go attack people from your cloak that is your dog avatar. And I don't know if that's their own dog or a stock image. Oh, I would assume stock image. I assume so too. If you if you don't have. Uh, uh, the gall to use your own name, you're certainly not going to use your own dog. Right. So I think you're right on that. With regards to the scrutiny of the Cardinals, the, the Cardinals deserve scrutiny, though. This isn't, uh, you know, I've been doing uh, television and radio in the market dating back to 2000, and this has been bubbling below the surface for a number of years. And I think fans were irritated um, following the 2019 season mm-hmm. because. You know, we've seen some great Cardinal teams that did not win a World Series, great Cardinal teams that did not win a pennant but were in the NLCS, and great Cardinal teams that didn't even win a playoff game but won their division. 2009 would be an example of that. Uh, 2004 would be an example of winning a pennant, not winning a World Series. And a lot of guys on that 2000 team felt like that was an incredible team, but it didn't win the pennant. The 2019 Cardinals were a team where you go, oh, I kind of overachieved that one. And then there wasn't really anything tended to that offseason with regards to the offense. Now you go and look in the rearview mirror and you go, my goodness, how are the Cardinals in a spot where they have what looks like could be a stacked lineup? Could be. But then they don't have the pitching to complement it. It's it's like a tribute to the, the Angels going on in the National League. Yeah. And... Then you go, well, what, what do you do? And I'm telling you, and I'll say this, and I'll continue to say it, operating on the premise that the Cardinals do not sign, and maybe they will, by the way, but they don't sign Yamamoto, they don't sign Snell, they don't sign Nola, which, by the way, I'm not sure is the case. Uh, but if that were, if they are to go 0 for 3, and I would imagine the chronology of the free agency will be Otani, and then one of Yamamoto, Snell, Nola, in that order, right. with, with some back-end place fillers, but the, the headlines will be in that order. And if the Cardinals are 0-4 throughout those three pitchers, all hell is going to be breaking loose in this market because Cardinal fans, I think, expect them to get one of those. Right. And so that is where you're going to have this anger that was going on this time last year mm-hmm. go to a fever pitch. And I have to say... I can't say justifiably so. The issue is the Cardinals haven't done a good job of communicating the thought process. And Ben Fredrickson, I thought, wrote a really good column this morning. I wasn't familiar with this girl math, boy math thing. You uh, you explained that that's a social media phenomenon. It is. Kind of wearing that as a, as a trophy today that I don't know about oh, this social yeah. media phenomenon. Um, but he talked about how, you know, just in August, John Mazalek said, we need to get three pitchers. And now it's turned into, well, we maybe need to get two and we'll see. And, and Cardinal math and how John Mazalek, uh, was 
defensive at winter warm-up when asked about not tending to the pitching staff, and now he talks about how they knew going in that the pitching staff had a lot of volatility. But, you know, back in January, Cardinal fans were told to buy into Jack Flaherty, which blew me away that that was, that was the, the faith uh, centerpiece for the high ceiling for the Cardinal rotation. And that's not results-oriented. We talked a lot about that on this show back in spring training, much less before it started to show signs of problems. So with that said, I don't think Cardinal fans see a plan. Right. Whereas Blues fans may be frustrated, but they sense there is a plan. Cardinals are kind of trying to have it both ways, and that can get you into some problems. And it can lead to problems in the latter portions of this decade, too, if they're not careful. We'll take a break, come back with the final segment of Balloon Party here on 101 ESPN and YouTube. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party. Final segment for the week. Tough. Tough. Do you know what? I feel good knowing that the YouTube people will be there on Monday at 10 o'clock. Yeah, it is. And I love to see them all getting together. It's like, I feel like Herb Brooks. (laughs) Do you? I do. (laughs) And you know, we had a tough camp, but the boys starting to get to know each other. That's what we're looking for, man. And I think this team is uh, pulling in the right direction at the right time as we head down the stretch toward the Thanksgiving break. And uh, we'll be ready in December. And uh, I think we can finish this year on a real high note with the boys in the YouTube chat. Yeah, uh, Jackson, a lot of texts coming in as well. And I don't want to ignore the texts because the texts have been strong since since we started the show. Yeah, Supportive is the word you use. Uh, let's see. Jackson, uh, did you get a haircut? You're looking good, which obviously isn't to take away from Tim's inherent beauty. It's from the 636. A lot of comments about your hair lately. And I appreciate it. Yeah, we're trying to make a little comeback here. You know, uh, people with with light colored hair will will commiserate that sometimes it's hard. Even if you're not really thinning, it can mm. look really bad like mm. you're thinning because you got light hair mm. like me. Like my hair has lightened since I was a kid, which well, is, is that not, right? not a good sign. But you know, we're doing some things to combat. You used to look like Ryan Day on the sidelines. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but like my dad had very blonde hair as a kid. Now he has dark brown hair. I I do not. So uh, it's it's a daily struggle. We power through, and I appreciate the compliment. I really do. Yeah. It means a lot. These people are starting to recognize how hot you are. Right, and it's about damn time, Thank frankly. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, two years of this at this point. Let's, let's call it how we see it. Uh, Jackson, do you have any other questions on this Angry Beaver Little Piddles Friday six year. I mean, we've talked blues, we've talked Missouri, we've talked Cardinals. Where else, you, where else, where else can you possibly go? It's going to start... In a cardinal base, but then turn to a wild card question. Oh wow! What a, what a fun, what a fun time it is. See, I think you're going to have to buckle up. All right, Adam Wainwright wrote a nice little piece in the Players Tribune yesterday. You know what he is a delight. He is, and I'd be lying if I said I didn't get a touch emotional whilst reading Wayno's words. I thought it was a great piece, and mm-hmm. I love the Players Tribune in general. My question to you is. Do you think the days of star players staying with one franchise are behind us? No. Is one sport more likely to see it than others? Well, that's a good question there. Uh, I do not think it is behind us. I think it will continue to be rare. Um, I actually think in a way there's a chance that it may increase only slightly. Hmm. Because kind of similar to potentially college football and basketball coaches in the era of 
an expectation of being able to turn something around super quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, I really do think there is a chance Billy Napier is out at Florida at the end of the year. I really do. And this is what, year two? two. Jeez. I mean, he's finishing with LSU, Missouri, and Florida State. I mean, They're yeah. going to be underdogs in all of those. Yeah. That, that if you have a program like Florida, for example... And you start knocking on, take your pay, Eli Drinkwitz's door, I don't know, but but whomever who's kind of trending right now. And they go, God, you know, I can be good here and right. have occasional really good years, and I never have to worry about losing my job. Yeah, I might make a, a couple more million, and don't get me wrong, I'm not dismissing a couple more million dollars, but there's all, at, at a certain point, you know, you know what, what, you know, it's like John Rahm said when he asked about live. He goes, you know, I make eighty million. It's not going to change my life. Based, you know, I mean, right. don't get me wrong. It's a hell of a lot of money, but there's the mental element of enjoying yourself yeah, and not putting yourself in there. Now, if your goal is to become one of the greatest college football coaches and take your place of wherever, then maybe that that and you got to go to Tuscaloosa or Gainesville or Baton Rouge or Columbus or what have you. Along those lines, a guy might be able to go to a Take your pick of whatever. I'm not even saying it has to be New York or L.A. But if they're like, yeah, I just like it in St. Louis would be an obvious one. Or Tony Gwynn in San Diego. Not a lot of pressure there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just comfortable with that. And there's nothing wrong. You know what I was told in 2007 when I nearly left this fine city of mine, my hometown that I am proud of, and I would never go, for example, to Florida Gulf Coast University <laughs> and turn my back on it? What was that, Tim? And I nearly went to SNY in New York City, Jackson. The gentleman I was going to replace said, are you happy in St. Louis? And I said, yeah. And he said, don't ever F with happiness. And 16 years later, I still adhere to those words. And there's something to it. So if you're an athlete and you might go, hey, I can go make, you know, it's $10 million more over, over the life of the five-year deal. But I'm happy here. They treat me well. Mm-hmm. The fans are good for the most part. Yeah. I'm I'm happy. And I think right now in 2023 you actually have an expectation of success that sometimes isn't necessarily realistic. Coaches get fired a hell of a lot quicker now than they did 25 years ago. Players are called busts a hell of a lot quicker than they are. And so I think that you might actually see some players who have that awareness stay as opposed to take a 100 million dollar offer as an insult. So I actually think that uh, you might actually see more of it as time goes on, which I realize might be counterintuitive. I like I like I like hearing that. I understand where you're coming from, certainly from a coaching perspective, uh, because the the revolving door of coaches around all sports is like it's almost like sickening. It's like how are you gonna how are you gonna build a program in two years? You know, you it's take just, some it's time. It's really not real. That was my whole thing with drink. It's not to say I expected them to be one of the best teams in the country, which I think they may be this year. Right. Uh, who knows what tomorrow? Tomorrow isn't like oh, if they lose tomorrow, they weren't very good. They don't have a healthy Luther Burn. It's a different deal. Point being. Especially at a place like Missouri, you can't be whacking a guy every two years. Florida, if they want to mess with it, so be it. But then your pool of coaches go, God, I mean, I can go to Gainesville and I might double my salary, but I've got, I better turn this thing around in two years. Otherwise, I see what a guy who was the bell of the ball in Billy Napier is already cast aside in two years. Yeah. It's just not a healthy way to live. Right. So right. I just, I think, and I, th- and I know you're saying it might be more applicable to uh, coaches than players. 
but I mean, we're, we're seeing a lot more athletes come out and talk about mental health stress. And I think the mental health stress is a byproduct of the hatred on social media and then the pressure one may feel. And if you have the awareness to go, yeah, I don't want to live like that. They treat me well here. And yeah, if I go and play for the Dodgers, I might make more money, but I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. And I'm happy here. So that, that's, that's my thought process on it. Makes I sense. Know, I like the question. It's a good question. And Wainwright's thing, not surprisingly, was... I really liked, you know, it wasn't just like a thank you thing. It was, you know, every time I took them out, I felt like I was writing another chapter in a story. Yeah, I And I that. loved the way he communicated that. I've never thought of it that way, but that's the truth. He is now part of the Cardinal story forever. He's and a brilliant guy. He, he is. really is. He's I mean, he knows guy. how to communicate the, those yeah. emotions so well. I assume I got to go. Yeah, it's 1059. Uh, Jackson, have a wonderful weekend. Uh, let's see if uh, you can get your win tonight and get your win tomorrow. Boy. I, I mean, I'll, I'll hope for the win tonight. I really want the win tomorrow. And uh, we got TMA Trivia Night. Yeah, I'll see you at St. Gabe's, Tim. Yeah, $45. All you can eat, salt and smoke, and all you can drink, AB products. You can get those at TMASTL.com and come out and hang out with us tomorrow night at St. Gabriel's TMA Trivia Night. See this hair in real life. Yeah, and see mine covered up by a hat in real life. It's unbelievable. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Mungan S. Burkhard, Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and YouTube.